have ambitions, we have dreams. And back home, some of us were engineers, doctors, artists, athletes, um, and we didn't really choose to to leave our uh, our countries. We were abandoned to leave our homes, friends, you know, everything we have uh, because we wanted to to be safe. In 2010, the world witnessed what political commentators were describing as an Arab Spring. A Mexican wave of anti-government protests rippled through the Middle East, forcing harsh crackdowns by authoritarian leaders, kidnapping, imprisoning, and even killing their citizens. However, there wasn't a happy ending for all countries. For Syria, it resulted in a bloody conflict. Twelve years later, the cradle of civilization has been turned into rubble. Millions have been forced to flee their country, and millions more find themselves internally displaced. Today's story revolves around the Olympic athlete Yusra Mardini. She risked her life to pursue her dreams. Yusra's story has inspired millions, including Sali Al Husseini, the director behind the Netflix movie Swimmers, based on Yusra's life. In the opening scene, Yusra and her sister are partying on a rooftop like it's 1999, dancing with their friends on their balcony, oblivious to the missiles raining down on people's homes. The next scene features Yusra asking her rebellious older sister Sara to leave the bar early so they can go back home and get enough sleep ahead of training. It's late. We should go home. Please! We have to be at the pool at 6am. Do you seriously think there's any point in training anymore? If I want to make the Olympics. <laughs> the Olympics? <laughs> <laughs> There's no country left anymore. Syria's gone. Bah. Haven't you noticed? <laughs> Before fleeing Syria, Yusra had what she describes as a simple, beautiful life. Her father, a former swimmer turned professional coach, saw potential in her and her older sister, Sara. He trained them both. They studied videos of Olympic champions, mimicked their strokes, and every minute spent outside of the pool was optimized for their training. Her father's aspirations of becoming a professional swimmer were ruined by mandatory military service. So he was determined to ensure that his daughters could fulfill their potential in the pool. Her dad reminds me of Richard Williams, the father and tennis coach of tennis legends Venus and Serena. Except Mr. Mardini wanted his daughters to become swimming stars. And so the swimming pool was Yusra's second home. From three years old, she'd probably spent more time paddling than walking. And by 10 years old, she was already outclassing girls a few years older than her. She'd won several tournaments and set countless records for her age. Even during the conflict, Yusra had managed to train until one day an RPG had ripped through the gymnasium, instantly shattering the beautiful glass panels surrounding the pool. Stunned in silence, she retreated to the safety of her mum's car it became apparent that it was too dangerous for Yusra to continue training. And it wasn't until 2015 that Yusra and Sara convinced their father to let them make the perilous journey to Europe. The Mardini sisters travelled through Lebanon, Turkey, Greece, Macedonia, Serbia, Hungary, before eventually arriving in Germany. Throughout their travels, they spent a night in a jail cell, dozens of hours on crowded buses, and almost drowned in the Aegean Sea. They faced their first test traveling from Turkey 
to the Greek island of Lesbos. A smuggler in Istanbul brought them to a pickup point. They boarded a bus with strict rules. During the 10-hour journey, all mobiles were switched off. No bathroom breaks were allowed and all curtains remained drawn. For four days, they were left without food or water in a remote part of Izmir, a city in Turkey's Asian coast. Yusra and Sara survived on bottled water and chocolate. A tiny makeshift boat eventually arrived. It was a flimsy rubber dinghy with a motor fitted at the back. All 18 of them were squeezed on board, and in the middle of the night, the boat began to sink. Panicked, several men jump out, trying to lighten the load, and Sara, who is a professional swimmer and lifeguard, gets ready to jump. And just as she's about to make the leap, she says the shahada, La ilaha illallah wa Muhammad Rasulullah. That's the declaration of faith in Islam. It was an acknowledgement that she may never make it out of the water. And as she lands in the water, Yusra follows her. The two sisters are now kicking furiously to propel the boat to shore. Yusra starts making funny faces to distract a scared child on board. The whole ordeal lasts three and a half hours. All of them survive. And as they reach the shore, they rip the boat to shreds to prevent the smugglers reusing the defective boat. They eventually board a ferry to Athens. And several countries later, Yusra and her sister arrive in Hungary. Hotel owners charge refugees extortionate prices, and even Yusra was refused entry into several corner shops, even though she had hundreds of euros. Here's her experience. And in general, just how inhuman we were treated on the way. Uh, like, you, you kind of have some kind of disease that no one want to touch you or want to be associated with you. In Hungary, we were surrounded like we, like we are criminals. There was a circle around Kalati um, station uh, where all the refugees were staying because we had to sleep on the floor. So the police surrounded us like we're some type of criminals. You weren't allowed to go in or out. Yeah, but in general, just how inhuman and how crazy the misconception is about what a refugee is. No one knows that you spend 10,000 euros to get to Europe. No one knows that. And no one knows that you have to pay the guy that is sending you off to literally drown, maybe. Uh, you have to pay like a dinghy. Each person pays 1,500. So they're making a living out of you. And I will, I cannot really believe that politicians know nothing about that. When they arrived in Berlin as refugees, they faced skepticism about their abilities as swimmers. The thing is, it was a chance encounter with an Egyptian translator at one of the refugee camps that changed everything. The translator took the sisters to a swimming club in Berlin. In awe of their abilities, he questioned whether they had really trained in Syria. Some coaches insisted that they must have trained in Canada or another country with lots of resources. Yusra proudly explained how her dad had made them watch film on Michael Phelps and analyse his technique. Her passion for swimming was undeniable, and she was ready to take on any challenge that came her way. She was eventually introduced to her swimming coach, Sven. He saw Yusra's potential and encouraged her to try out for the Olympics. It was that year that the IOC president, Thomas Bach, announced that they'd be creating 
a refugee Olympic team. But Yusra's impact doesn't stop there. Today, she's a UNHCR goodwill ambassador and a voice for refugees all over the world. But there's another interesting anecdote that most people miss. After Sara watched her younger sister compete in the Olympic Games in Brazil, she flew back halfway across the world to the refugee camp in Lesbos, where it all began. And what prompted her trip was a message from one of the workers in the refugee camp. He spoke about how the children receiving swimming lessons said they'd like to be just like the Maldini sisters. It turns out that the camp's therapist was using the Maldini sisters' story to give the children hope. It was that story that became the example of what's possible. And Sarah's two-week trip ended up being two years. In 2018, Sarah and her colleagues found themselves in a terrifying situation. They were arrested on people smuggling charges while helping refugees in Lesbos. Their only crime was distributing water bottles and blankets. Human Rights Watch quickly came to their defense, describing the charges as politically motivated. Amnesty International also called out the unfair and baseless nature of the accusations against them. If convicted, Sarah Mardini could have been looking at a lengthy jail sentence. Luckily, this year the appeals court in Greece dropped the charges, of which included espionage. They dropped those charges leveled against Sara Mardini and her colleagues. There are a couple of powerful lessons that we can learn from Yusra's journey. The power of visualization. Yusra never stopped dreaming about competing in the Olympics. She'd picture the stroke she'd use and imagine the crowds cheering her name. She'd use this to fuel her throughout her training, even when it was unrealistic to leave Syria, let alone qualify for the Olympic team. Number two, finding a greater purpose. The thing is, Yusra manages to find a deeper meaning behind her pursuit to compete in the Olympics. She challenged herself to swim for all the refugees. She proudly joins the refugee Olympic team despite being accused of receiving favorable treatment. And she does so because she wanted to inspire refugees. She managed to develop a source of what psychologists call intrinsic motivation, as opposed to the prospect of winning a shiny medal or receiving applause. That's what got her through the ordeal. Lesson three, be resourceful. One advantage of lacking resources is the opportunity to learn to be resourceful. Even when Yusra didn't have access to a swimming pool, she went on long runs to maintain her stamina. Similarly, her father studied the techniques of swimming legends like Michael Phelps, proving that resourcefulness and creativity can take you a long way. The thing is, people rarely need more things. They just need to make the most of what's given to them. Lesson four, dream aloud. When you boldly share your goals, you'll find a community of people willing to support you, whether it's providing resources, connections, or just a kind word of encouragement. So don't be afraid to dream out aloud and see where it takes you.